Welcome to Natureback podcast, where we are talking about the new green world. My name is Tarmo Virki, and in this episode I'm talking with Will van den Tveel from an intriguingly called company Vegan Cowboys. We sat down on sidelines of Startup Day Festival in the town of Tartu in southern Estonia. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying the Nature Back podcast. I'm Merit, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Single Earth. And we're a team of more than 70 people building a nature-backed economy. And if that sounds crazy enough for you, then join us. Sign up at single.earth to be among the first to get access to our nature-backed tokens. And let's talk more on our Earth Savers Discord channel. Enjoy the show. Hi, Will. Welcome to Nature Backed. Tell us a few, I mean, I was really intrigued when I heard the, the company name of Vegan Cowboys. To me, mentally, it sounds uh, twisted or oxymoron or how does vegan, what, what vegan cowboys do? Now, <coughs> um, thanks for having me here. Those vegan cowboys, they, um, they, they target a more sustainable production of milk proteins. Uh, as you know, milk proteins are very nutritional, very functional, but the way how we are producing them and also the products derived from them, uh, we cannot continue to do that. Uh, we need to change that. And those vegan cowboys target the microbial production of um, the milk proteins, uh, and especially then the caseins. So taking the cow out of the production system. Okay. And uh, your question related to uh, those vegan cowboys. Yeah, we are special cowboys. Uh, we are driving the cows out of the the meadow uh, that was used for uh, uh, having the cows and giving them the freedom again uh, to do what they did in the past and not for large dairy production. What's the company story? How, how did you guys come about? Um, the company story, uh, Jaap uh, Korteweg and Nico Kofferman are the founders. And um, Nico uh, Kofferman is also the founder of uh, uh, the party of the animals in the Netherlands. He's also a senator in the Netherlands uh, for that party. Um, Jaap Korteweg uh, is uh, from a farmer's family. Uh, and both having experience also some negatives of... Uh, the uh, large uh, production of animals um, are convinced that we should do things differently. Uh, so they, uh, they came together, I think it was in, in 2008, they met and uh, although coming from different uh, directions, uh, they had the same vision and ambition uh, with respect to improving the food system. Mm. Uh, um, and then they decided at that point of time, why don't we take the initiative? Mm. So at that point of time, they decided to start uh, uh, working on the vegetarian butcher. And the ambition uh, of, uh, of both was uh, to become the largest uh, butcher in the world. And uh, yeah, they have been quite successful. And what they did is uh, alternative meat based on plant ingredients, so it was more the, the reformulation of some mm. existing ingredients, making meat alternatives. They were quite successful, and 10 years later, to, uh, 2018, they sold the company to Unilever. And I think, uh, going back to their ambition uh, to become the largest butcher in the world, uh, uh, on the wings of Unilever, it is becoming very large. And I don't know in m how many countries 
I think more than 30 it is being sold and the product is also a very successful product within the portfolio of Unilever. So you could say, uh, tick the box, mm -hmm. uh, that's what we have done. Uh, but um, already when they were still working as on the vegetarian butcher, they said, yeah, what's next? And um, um, I don't know whether it was Jaap or, or Nico, but I think both uh, uh, had the initiative to look also in the dairy space mm. uh, because also there some changes are needed uh, 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 because if you look at uh, uh, whether it's the nitrogen emission whether it's the carbon footprint uh, also look at the land use mm. and, and methane the, and all the methane other as well yeah. especially uh, uh, nitrogen I don't know mm. if you've heard about uh, uh, the issues we have in the Netherlands uh, and, and the headlines yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and that's only nitrogen. But I think if you look at the world, uh, the world is much bigger, but we are only using a part of the world uh, for food. Uh, mm. But the largest part of that, about 75% of that area, is being used for cattle, is being used mm. for dairy. While it only provides, let's say, about 25-30% of the calories and also of the protein. So look at the growing population. We need to change. And then I think if you, the most efficient way to do that is to make the food in a different way. And that's what we as those vegan cowboys are, are doing, uh, are working on, uh, to produce very nutritional ingredients that and uh, caseins do not exist uh, in plants. Mm. Uh, they are very special proteins. Uh, they can also bind calcium. They can form the micelles in milk, uh, based on which you can form some very good cheese. Mm. Uh, they are not in plants. So if you favor them, and most people favor them, uh, also cheese as a product, uh, you need to produce it in a different way. And that's what we are targeting. Mm. Let's get deeper into the you know, future of milk maybe later, but, but uh, you know, the founding story for me raises one question. If one of the founders was a farmer, you know, fam family of farmers, probably classically farmers, the fathers were the farmers and the fathers of the fathers were the farmers. How did his family took it? Uh, I don't know all <laughs> of that, uh, but, but I think it was also not, it didn't change uh, day overnight. Mm. Uh, um, but, but gradually, and he is still a farmer, but then uh, he is uh, growing herbs um, and, and has a, uh, quite a large area of that. So, mm. uh, but cows, they did have that in the past, they don't have anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the milk industry is changing, I'm sure everybody sees that and sees uh, how the alternatives of milk are coming to the shop shelves basically everywhere. What's the overall picture today? I mean, you're probably deeper in the industry. How big share of the milk today comes from something else than an uh, animal? Um, I think if you look uh, in, in the States, it is, uh, I think, going towards 20% of the milk is, uh, of the classical dairy milk is being replaced by the almond milks, by uh, the, 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 the pea milks, by whatever milk, mm. uh, the soy milks. Um, if you look at prices, they are in the States, I think, 3x, uh, so they are put yeah. at a higher uh, value. Uh, in Europe, I think the percentage is somewhat lower, 
but it clearly shows that there is a big interest. Uh, uh, so there is a big community of people, uh, uh, vegetarians, flexitarians, vegans, who, who are looking for these type of products. And the same holds true with cheese. Uh, there were, during the last years, there were various co uh, consumer surveys and uh, they ask uh, people who were flexitarian, who were a vegetarian, what are you missing most? And what clearly um, is visible is that people are saying, cheese, cheese, that's what we are missing uh, in this category. Uh, of course, there are uh, cheeses made from nuts and, and more and more. You also see some uh, fermentation on that. And sometimes they are not bad products, but it's not cheese. Mm. what people like and uh, uh, for that uh, to be able to make that you need to have the casings uh, and that's what we are going after and we are not alone uh, there are also some other companies mm. uh, doing that of course yeah the uh, yeah for me it was probably last summer when uh, uh, i live in a in an island in estonia you know in a small village and we have a local grocery store which is tiny and in that local grocery store, it was the first time last summer when I saw there was vegan cheese. I think for me, it was like the world is really changing. I, yeah. mean, I understand in the capital, in the hipster areas, in the kind of maybe more wealthy areas. But if it kind of climbs to the kind of to the end of the food chain in a way, to the smallest grocery stores, faraway places, that's the ch you know real change happening. Yeah. No, no, I fully agree. And uh, um, and and. Ultimately, to make the big change, uh, because you, uh, going back to your question, if you look at uh, milk, alternative milks, what is the percentage, the market share? It can become much bigger, but I think then also the price has to go down. Uh, um, and um, uh, that also will hold true for cheese. Mm. Uh, um, uh, the price has to go down and the quality has to become better. We have seen that also with uh, uh, meat analogs. Uh, and nowadays, even some meat analogs are at par or even somewhat lower than uh, regular meat. Wow. Probably also, uh, it has to do also with the fact that uh, the regular meat has, uh, price has increased mm. during the last months mm. enormously. Uh, but I think that yeah, uh, things come together and, and sometimes it's also good or uh, we as people need to have some pain mm. uh, to change. Exactly. Uh, and I think if we also look at what is happening in the uh, environment, uh, all, uh, yeah, look at the newspaper, you also ask yourself, yeah, going further like we are doing now probably doesn't... Uh, make it easier for our children and uh, we need some changes yeah. and that's what we want to com contribute to mm, yeah absolutely the changes are needed i don't kind of i you know couldn't agree more with you on that one the uh you said in the u.s the difference is like threefold with uh, alternatives and uh, cow milk is, is it smaller in europe yeah i think it's about 2x uh, okay yeah so yeah. it's like the smaller that should boost their looking forward their consumption yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there some kind of the you know limit to see can all milk be coming from the plant-based alternatives? In, in principle, yes. Mm. It will take time, but uh, uh, we haven't. Uh, if you go back uh, fifty years, of course, also the milk industry was small. 
Mm. Uh, so yes, uh, that that can be done. Uh, but let's also be fair. It will take some time before the technology is at the right level uh, that you can expand and and roll it out uh, all over the world. But uh, yeah, we are seeing progress in technology. We are we are seeing a need for change and. Mm. Some people, um, even in, in, in the recent past, have been saying, yeah, if you look at meat and milk, subsidized products, and you can ask yourself, how much uh, is it subsidized? But if you take out that subsidy, then it is also easier to compete. Yeah. Also, yeah. if you take out the subsidy and if you take uh, into account the climate impact of yes. the meat or the, yeah. Or, yeah. or the milk, yeah. uh, then the price level should be you know, Correct. turned around. Indirectly, you know. we are all paying for that. Exactly. Yeah. Also and not, also not via the product, but we are now faced with it. Mm. Yeah. And uh, as, a con- as a consumer, even if you're vegan, you actually pay for the, for the meat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is quite crazy. <laughs> At least in the EU, maybe in some other countries it's somewhat different. Yeah. But in the EU, you pay quite a lot, probably. Yeah, yeah. As the yeah. Kind of agricultural support is the one of the biggest cost items on the EU budget, right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, how how's being a cowboys doing? How many countries today? How big is the company? No, the company is still. Uh, we are an SME, mm. uh, a small, medium enterprise. Um, uh, we now employ within our research because we are still in the R&D phase, uh, research mm-hmm. and development. Uh, we have about 25 people, mm-hmm. uh, backed up by advisors, by some uh, part-timers, etc. Mm. Um, and we are based in Belgium. Uh, okay. uh, um, the founders are based in the Netherlands, uh, but uh, we had the opportunity to take over their uh, group. Mm-hmm. Uh, of uh, about 15, that was about two years ago, a little bit more, that were experienced in the field uh, in uh, expressing uh, human proteins mm. in yeast, um, had a good infrastructure, so we took over that group, and we saw that as a good base uh, for uh, building this technology and, uh, mm. um, uh, uh, yeah, and making it happen. Mm. Yeah. Which, so which side of Belgium, the Flemish no, or the French side? It's uh, Flemish, it's yeah. in the Kent area, okay. yeah, at uh, the technology park. Mm. So the cultural uh, differences are somewhat smaller. The cultural <laughs> difference is smaller and uh, it is an area that is also uh, having a lot of biotech startups and so that's a, a good environment. They know how yeah, is that yeah, also. Yeah. Wow. So that is uh, where we have the R&D activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it will take still some time to uh, bring a product to the market that has to do with the development uh, and the upscaling. It also has to do with the registration mm-hmm. uh, because we yeah, we are uh, using uh, a GMO, a genetically mm-hmm. modified organism, for the production. The product is not GMO, and uh, the product mm. is identical to what the cow is producing. Mm. But uh, we are using that, and we have to show that um, that it is safe for the people to eat that type of product. Of course. Yeah, but uh, so market is still quite far away, and still to have a good understanding of the market and the market needs. Uh, we have also formed a joint venture with um, uh, Westland. Okay. Westland is a big cheese company. Uh, have you ever had Old Cheese, Old Amsterdam? Uh, yes, actually yeah. I have. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, Westland is the producer of that mm. one, s- selling it. 
uh, and we have formed a joint venture and uh, we have called that joint venture Wild Westland. Um, uh, so <laughs> in style with the yeah. cowboys, yeah, okay. uh, those vegan cowboys. And uh, within that joint venture, we uh, make and, and, um, and, and sell uh, vegan cheese. Mm. But those are, at this point of time, those are okay. cream cheeses mm. and, uh, and soft cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives us, and we are selling that now in, in various countries, in the Netherlands, in Germany, in Belgium. Um, and that gives us um, a window towards the market to better understand yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but is milk the, how to say, the holy cow? Not the holy grail, right? <laughs> Uh, 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 how, how do you mean that? Uh, yeah. Within a Wild Westland, we produce only vegan cheeses, so yes. there are no milk yes. components, no yeah. classical milk but, components. But, uh, uh, you know, the future, in three, five, ten years, um, it will no, be all about if, cheeses. Or yeah, if you look at caseins, um, caseins are the main component of cheese. Uh, mm. Cheese... With uh, 25% casein, 25% fats, so we also yeah. need fats, non-animal fats, and 50% water. Uh, so that's a very uh, um, relevant market. Caseins are also being used in some other markets and for some other food products, mm. uh, but uh, cheese is the biggest. Mm. But for sure, once we have the caseins, we will... We also look forward to collaborate with companies who have an interest to use it in other uh, mm. applications. You say it's still quite a while to the market. It's quite a while, like one, three, five, ten years, now, roughly. Um, it's more four to five years, okay. and depends a little bit on on the uh, area. Okay. Uh, for example, I I touched upon the registration, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, getting approval, um, and after having shown that it is uh, safe to produce and safe to eat, um, here in Europe that takes at least one and a half to two years. Wow. Uh, and in the US it goes quicker, so that's why I'm also saying it depends, it depends a little bit on yeah. the area. But it will take several years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So actually the cheese is the holy cow. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we, we also picture that as a golden cheese. Yes, the golden yeah. cheese and the holy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, four to five years to the market. Um, I mean, were you part of the company already at the time when the... Or were you part of the previous company when the no, we, you were no. not involved in vegan butchers? No, 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 no. no. I uh, entered into conversations with Jab and Nico after they had sold off uh, the vegetarian butcher. Oh, and vegetarian. when they were uh, thinking and uh, about how to proceed also in this alternative dairy space. Mm. Um, and at that, before that, I have been working at uh, DSM. Uh, the big corporate in the Netherlands, uh, uh, where I was uh, working for more than 35 years, involved in innovation, uh, in in a way doing somewhat similar than I'm doing now, mm. uh, um, uh, developing novel technologies, scaling novel technologies, building relationships, etc. Mm. In this series, we've been speaking with a few uh, investors who've been investing in a food and the food tech sector and they've been really keen on that kind of vegan alternative space. How do you see that kind of uh, 
I don't know, investment activity in that field. They do see that people with uh, big bags of cash knocking on your door to, you know, can we grow you guys bigger or what's the, what's the feeling of that industry? No, there is a lot of uh, uh, investments going into this area and also venture capital uh, going into these type of businesses. Um, so far, we have not um, attracted uh, those uh, funds mm. uh, because we don't need them no, at this yeah. point of time. Uh, on the other hand, I think if there is a good proposition and if it helps us to yeah. bring the product to the market quicker uh, and better or quicker uh, achieve uh, a lower cost of goods, mm. then for sure that would be interesting. Mm. Uh, but quite a lot of people, and, and we speak with investors, but so far we have not um, executed anything mm. in that field. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, but also probably there are a few things in a kind of R&D which you know, cannot be done any faster, like you said, up to two years of the EU approval already is kind of, <laughs> you can't do that faster with the bigger money. Uh, no, no, <laughs> exactly, no. Exactly. Now, w- yeah. of course, in the preparation, you have to make sure that you do the right things. Mm, uh, of course. Uh, but uh, no, that's simply a time uh, mm. uh, submit the dossier. Uh, exactly. And keep the fingers crossed that you don't get too many questions. Mm. And uh, hopefully you that, uh, that you get uh, quickly uh, approval. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. I think that's also a good point to wrap up. Thanks, Will, for joining us here. Thank no, you. That was a Appreciate good bang it. to <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> finish it. Good. Join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please give us a good rating and leave the feedback in your podcast player so others will find it too. We will be back next week. Turn on to Nature Back Podcast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast.